Hello and welcome to season three, episode five. Six. Six. Episode six of Podcast of Vito, a Big Brother podcast. I'm your host, Brendan, and joining me as always are my brothers, Terrence. Hey. And Owen. Hey guys, I'm Owen. (laughs) (laughs) To all you cliffomaniacs out there, I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) If you're new to the pod, we discuss, recap, and analyze every episode of Big Brother Season 21. And with that, let's get into the recap segment of the show, hashtag, but first. All right, guys, I'm just going to quick run through the key things that happened on Sunday's episode and then open it up to comments because we don't really want to like labor on these points too much because it happened on Sunday, but there are some important game moments. So first off... <coughs> Christy won the Wacktivity comp, and let me tell you, folks, she really puts the whack in the Wacktivity. Oh, <laughs> whack. hey, hey. I'll be here all night, or uh, at least for the next hour and a half. Um, we also got Mickey framing Nicole for the rogue vote that he voted. Good gameplay there. We'll talk about it. Interesting but. gameplay. Nicole relayed what Mickey said about Nick and Bella to them, basically that they're on the outs of Grateful and that basically the other six were going to target them. And Nick ultimately nominated Cliff and Jess. Thoughts. All right. I have quick thoughts here. Somewhat, right? I I guess... Wait. I I don't want to expose anyone right now. Are we just going to go back and, <laughs> and recap some of these things? Well, yeah, just say, say the big things that you're thinking. Well, about. because I wanted to give behind the scenes. I'll just expose you right now, Brendan. <laughs> behind the scenes, Terrence makes a comment when we're going through these points of when we talk about that the activity comp, we have to say what the power is, <laughs> and you just gave the recap. And didn't say what the power was. And I was, was told, uh, duh. Well, then I'll leave that to Terrence. <laughs> so there, the the power is, first of all, it lasts for four vetoes. Um, when there's a veto ceremony, basically the holder of the power, which is Christy, has the power to choose who goes up. No. Does she have That was the, wrong. Uh, is it when someone uses it, or does she have the power to essentially take someone off the block She as well? doesn't have the power to do it necessarily. The veto holder... It's called the Diamond Power Veto. The veto holder, if they choose to use the veto and she uses the power, the person who won the veto oh, makes really? that replacement. Are you nominee. positive about that? I am positive. Okay. Well, that makes sense then because the way that like, well, I mean, we'll get to this, but when Nick and Bella found out about it, they were like, oh, we can, this could save us specifically because if they, if they were in that position or if they knew the person who won the veto, they're they're golden and it's yeah. transferable, I guess. I, I guess that's the way it works. I don't know. But regardless, good power. If we had to rank these powers so far, what are the best ones? I, I think Ovi's the best. I think Ovi's. I was going to say this, but the way Owen just explained it, it's number two. Yeah, and I, I don't love Jax, but oh well. I think Jax is weak. I think the diamond power of Vito is the coolest one. And if you are in lockstep and you want to make a big move, that can create a really good game moment. But yeah. if you're just trying to get to the end, Ovi's is the best. I mean, if you won the power of veto, it's an all-time flex. I Absolutely. mean, if, like, for example, if it was used this week and somehow, like, Isabella ended up on the block in Nick's HOH, that would have been awesome. Oh, 
Are, so are, are we sure you can just transfer like that? No, it's not. It's not a transfer. It's just that you use it, and the then power works. whoever is performing the veto ceremony has to make the decision because they won the veto. Oh, okay. Well, regardless, I, mean, I don't want to get hung up on it, but it's a good power, and the way Christy uses it, we'll talk about it a little bit later. I find that interesting. Think of it this way, Terrence. Diamond power of veto. You're giving the power to the veto, not to the person. You really broke that down well. I like that. All right. Okay. What, was, what was our next point here? Uh, Mickey framed Nicole for his rogue yes, vote. Yes, the rogue vote. And this was not one out of um, pure ignorance like they would. everyone in the house believed, as in Nicole made the vote just because Me she's and friends. Me and Brendan actually Kenny. put the points together last episode. Uh, oh, how okay. we assumed he was probably framing Nick and Isabel, and he actually confirmed that. I was surprised. Well, there you go. Um, but what I'll give Mickey for, I'm not a big fan of his. We equated him to Cody for so long. He's more of a player than Cody, like without a doubt. Um, he has a good social game. He ha- well, he has a better social game than well, I mean, Cody we s- did. We saw in tonight's episode that even someone like Kemi, who they don't seem to get along, said he's a nice guy. Uh, you know what? That, that actually is a good point. That speaks volumes. But what I was going to say is... Um, Yes, he was using it to frame Nick or Bella, but then he was very quick to just go with the tide and realize, oh, okay, it's moving towards Nicole. We're just going to keep pushing this that way, even though he gets along with her enough to entrust her with information that came back to uh, you know, yeah. potentially bite him. Uh, the only thing I'll say is I thought that he, um, he laid it on a little too heavy with trying to make it seem like Nicole was the sketchy one, and it it actually did sort of backfire mm-hmm. because uh, Nick and Bella were sort of wise to the fact that he was seemed disingenuous. But yeah, I agree. It, w- it was actually a fairly savvy move on his part to uh, sense the shifting tides. Absolutely. Um, so do you want to say anything about uh, his Nicole yeah, relaying so the this message? Is, I, you, you all want to help me out with this one, but this is super important. Yeah, well, Nicole had a conversation with Mickey where Mickey was pretty much wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like we may not be on the same side, but we could have a common enemy, implying Nick and Isabella. Mm-hmm. And Nicole, because Nick had like trusted her and said, oh, I don't think you actually did the vote because they're wise to Mickey. Um, as an act of good faith, she told Nick and Isabella that this conversation happened. She also had another detail from a conversation she was having with, who are they? Uh, forgettable Holly, names. Holly, Annalise, Sis, and Christy. Yeah. And Christy um, where the three of them referred to Nick and Isabella as bullies, specifically towards Nicole, because I guess that those two pull Nicole aside a lot and like kind of yeah, kind of play hardball. And Nic- Nicole yeah. played a very passive role in this, was hearing what they had to say. <clears throat> And really was just kind of going with it. She didn't really make any sort of big uh, statements or anything like that. Um, I'm curious what you guys think. If you're Jackson, what's his thought process? Mickey. In, uh, Ma- Mickey. If, you, <laughs> if you're Mickey, what is your thought process in pulling her aside and telling her that? Especially since, like, at the at the best, you're a week away from being able to do this. Um, what's your thought there? Is you Are you just trying to put a lifeline out there so you're building a relationship with her? Or, like... Do you really think that that's like the best game move in that moment? I no. think I think it's the first part. I was a little confused as to when this happened chronologically. Agreed. And it almost seemed like it was just maybe... Before nominations. 
sure possibly or even just a little bit of uh remorse and guilt seeping in where he just started talking well i thought i thought it might have been before hoh um oh i suppose it could have been yeah we don't I, d- I don't know why oh, he would yeah. say it while Nick is HOH. Good point. Good point. Good point. Yeah, I'm so- sure. I'm sure it probably had like the like six days ago thing there. I just don't remember. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you're right on. Um, because there really would seem to be no reason to do it while yeah. they're HOH. Regardless, it was it's very reckless. Um, but just like Jack, they kind of seem to slide, just slide through mm-hmm. unscathed in some certain instances. Yeah. I mean, that's actually a perfect way to segue into Wednesday's episode, which was a troubling episode, to say the least. Um, We saw the fallout from Nicole's bombshell that she dropped on Nick and Bella Um, at the end of Sunday's episode. Four nouns. Nick basically said, I chose not to nominate, you know, Mickey or anyone like that because I'm going to get to the bottom of this. And by that, he basically just meant he was going to confront his alliance and then just believe whatever they had to say immediately. Um, So we got one of the more, uh, I would say, uncomfortable scenes in Big Brother history Mm -hmm. uh, when the Grateful Alliance had a meeting in the HOH room right after the nomination ceremony, in which case uh, Nick and Bella confronted the rest of Grateful and said... Nicole came to us and told us that you were going to target us, that you thought that, uh, you know, we were acting shady and uh, like, is she lying? Grateful. Everyone in Grateful lost their minds, (laughs) (laughs) started screaming about how Nicole is, uh, you know, a deceitful, terrible person, um, you know, completely full of shit. Uh, someone you can't trust, you know, just anything you can imagine. They just turned screaming. into complete zoo animals. It was yes. Lord of the Flies. It was, it was weird. And that's a great yeah. comparison. And what was what was really despicable about it to me is because unless they somehow actually like twist it in their heads to actually believe this, Sis, Christy, and Holly immediately projected exactly what they said to Nicole onto Nicole. And just pass that off as like, oh, she said this. Yeah, I know. And if you're Nick and Bella, you're they're both like, oh my god, we're so smart, we can read these people. Like, first they totally read Nicole, and we're like, oh, there's no way she's lying to us. And then immediately, you think the exact same thing about them. That's like confirmation bias. You're listening to what you exactly want, what yeah. you want to hear. They they read overreaction as uh, being genuine. Correct. <laughs> like, uh, weirdly enough, um, the person whose reaction I thought was almost the most troubling was Sis. Sis was the one who, like, spearheaded the Their Bullies campaign. She lost her mind screaming about how it was Nicole's idea that they were bullies and how she basically wanted to, like, go and slap her. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah, they're so aggressive. Everything about that group is aggressive. And And Jack was just, like, yelling for no reason. He did the dumb, loud noises joke from Anchorman. Is Jack, like, Can everyone stop making that joke? So, I read somewhere that he, I think, said something on the lines of, like, I don't even know who's going to, like, send me a letter or whatever when I went HOH. I think he's, like, a sociopath and, like, Mm. does not have any friends or anyone who, like 
has his back. I, th- I don't think he's a great guy. No, and it's pretty clear to me that if I ran into Jack in the Big Brother house, I'd pretty quickly be like, I don't want to hang out with this guy. And but I'd also no one else seems be like, I'm not going to last long because my temper can't, <laughs> can't handle this. Um, so yeah, I mean, let's just get into it. I think that this brings up something that came up in uh, BB season 19, and in this case, I think it was worse. A real problem with bullying in the house. 15 was also one that was like this. Every few years, they get they're like a real pack of shitheads in there. Yeah. 15, it was more they had just a pack of shitheads. There wasn't a lot of bullying. It was True. like, oh, wow, all of these people are just saying like horrible things individually, and yeah. we find out that they've done horrible things. 19 was the real mob mentality that we kind of saw in Wednesday's episode. The only difference is, is that it was the mob mentality versus... Cody and Jess and Cody and Jess were I mean they were just as much participants in it as they were getting berated by a whole crowd of people they would just say yeah well you're fat and ugly <laughs> they, so, were, they, they were bullies. Were strong, they were bullies who slipped into getting bullied yeah <laughs> basically yeah, yeah. Um, um, whereas this one it seems like the, the full victim here was Nicole of the bullying right but Ovi seems to be a like very real victim of it just in general and he had a moment of being a victim of it in this you can get out of time debacle this is this doesn't matter chronologically no we're we're just talking about this issue in general in thursday's episode we saw multiple scenes where ovi was basically treated like a second class citizen in the house he was treated like the help like it, it was totally messed up the way jack was talking to ovi was beyond uncomfortable it was I mean, it's problematic. Jack, that that's light. To they that. showed multiple yeah. moments where Jack treated Ovi like he was less than human. Yes. I mean, really kind of upsetting, and it makes it kind of hard to watch. I found Wednesday's episode flat out um, uncomfortable, difficult to stomach. Yeah. I've never once in my life watched a Big Brother episode and felt just kind of shitty afterwards. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I got a text from a buddy, and he basically said, "You'll, you're gonna hate this." And mm. I'm thinking to myself, "No, I mean, I, I've never had any issue with anything anyone's ever really done on the Big Brother house. It's a game, right? This was, it was just totally different. It was yeah. not, it, it wasn't gameplay. It was just like a pack of animals being let loose and trying to separate the strong from the weak. And everyone's most base, worst impulses came out. It was horrible. Yeah, I mean. I'm sure there's sort of societal things we could get into and why we think that Big Brother has sort of shifted into this because I don't remember this being as much of a problem in the past. Um, I definitely think it's uh, concerning that a group of nine adults, that one of them didn't sort of break away from that, even though it seemed like there were a few people who weren't 100% in on it, like Sam and Tom. Uh, Tommy. Tommy, okay, Tommy was into it in the group aspect. Mm-hmm. I think once he got pulled out of the group, and there's a conversation between Nicole and Bella that we'll get into more detail on. Once he was pulled into that, he realized, like, ooh, like yes. this isn't good. This is rough. Um, but you know what I mean? I feel like most years these sort of things happen, and they just sort of all get together and like, oh, we don't like this person. We're going to vote him out. But it doesn't turn into bullying because generally you outgrow that. Yeah, so I was thinking about this in the context of Big Brother and strategy, the type of stuff we like talking about. It seems as if bullying has become 
a strategy that is being employed by a lot of people. And frankly, I don't think we've seen it to be legitimate. Um, you can say that maybe it started with the way Paul played in his second season in BB-19. Mm-hmm. But I would argue that that was less... There was a little bit of bullying in there, but it, it didn't feel as malicious as this. It felt like strong arming within the context of the game, more so than yeah. personal attacks that most people crossed a line. Most people left that season still like singing Paul's praise. It's like the the that cast. He, yeah, he played a very strong game and was very domineering within the context of the game. But at the end of the day, he wasn't he wasn't shitting on you. You know. The, in, any crazy way. The bullying conversations in that season mainly came up in Josh versus Justin well, that's, Cody. That's Paul's oh. first season, isn't it? No, that's second. Uh, that was the oh, second yeah. one. Yeah, because it was like Mark and Elena and Cody right. Josh, all that. Yeah. Christmas. Um, but nah. yeah. <laughs> jingle, jingle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, we've, we've seen it happen, and we saw BB20 was such a good season in that they all played – their hearts out and some did better than others but like it was very between the lines and everyone just played the game as the game and it didn't seem to stretch past well, that i think we're getting Except to a JC. point where we i think we have to be worried about the big brother casting because yes. it seemed like they fully course corrected with 20 because that was mm-hmm. a great cast it's like um i'm trying to think jack that's his name he doesn't know who he's going to get a letter from. It's like, oh, so you guys like literally only cast this dude because you thought he looked good, pretty much. Like, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think it would be pretty easy to diagnose that like Jack probably isn't a good guy. There are like pretty, you know, highly regarded personality tests and stuff like that that certain like Fortune 500 companies use and stuff like that that you can use to get a really good understanding of. Uh, basically how people will operate under certain situations. I can't imagine they wouldn't use something like that just to get an idea and then try and basically balance certain archetypes that you want yeah. in the house. I can't help but think that they do do that stuff and they almost like for each different personality trait want to push it all the way up to 10 for each. You know That's I mean? possible. Yeah. So maybe it's just like everything's so extreme, but you know, we were going to have our little quarterly performance review for BB 21. We're kind of doing that now, right? Yeah. Sort of a little state of the union. This has been a tough season. This has not been as enjoyable as it normally is. No, but it's interesting. Like I look forward to watching, but it's not enjoyable. Well, yeah, and and I don't even think it's coming from the sense of like concern trolling. It's, um, it's it's not it's enjoyable to watch people have disagreements because their strategy and they're within the context of a game, but people just trying to bulldoze each other because of like very basic like human differences that frankly are an issue in our country in the world like it it kind of takes away the escapism aspect of watching it mm-hmm. which is why we watch reality tv right that yeah that's a good point and i sort of made the point to owen last night that big brother's sort of like a sport and some years there's just a bad nfl season but i'm still an nfl fan so i can enjoy watching football and there's intrigue and there's whatnot throughout the season like. but then in hindsight it's like that wasn't a great season and then there's a good one and you sort of forget about it it just seems like we're in one of those the ratings are down bad season things are a little bit off the rails yeah it might be and i don't know if you guys have noticed this but i've never seen so many guest appearances by 
players from the previous season ever. Like, yeah, they know they hit gold last season. People loved those those mm-hmm. house guests with almost no exceptions. And they've had what? So four for Love Island. They had Brett, Winston, and Sway Lee, mm-hmm. and then. Caitlin, which I love that. Oh, about. yeah, that was good. I completely uh, forgot about Caitlin, that and all this. Tyler, and Casey. That's seven house guests. That's crazy. Yeah. You, you're lucky if you get seven guest appearances throughout the course of the entire season and from all seasons. Winston is so lucky to be included yeah, in that, that category. No I don't know why he is included. I don't know. You know who's really trying to like grab on every bit of Big Brother fame that she can, but is really like failing is, uh, remember Rachel? Yeah. From <laughs> Level 6? Oh, yeah. She's trying hard. I feel bad for her. She's not not catching on. Completely random. I was really deep in NBA Instagram the other day, and I stumbled upon pictures of Jeannie Buss with Sway Lee. (laughs) Like, not (laughs) Sway Lee, but like Jeannie Buss, owner of the Lakers, for those who don't know. Yes. Like, courtside. Maybe a trial. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they really took their big brother fame to a whole nother level yeah they've got probably another like six months to ride it so god bless them my last comment on this is like with the big brother casting they're doing too much traditional reality tv thinking of like oh we're casting for the real world we want psychopaths Mm -hmm. in this house you don't want that in big brother you want people that are actually likable and that makes a better season because there's too many episodes. Because true that that place breeds explosive emotional reactions that can happen from good people. Totally natural. So you don't need it to. You don't need already unstable people in there. I just have like two more points. So, and I was discussing this with Owen off the pod. There's this study about how basically people can only handle so much of like a mob mentality i'm trying to think how to articulate this basically when the mob is all ganging up against someone most people have like a number of how many people will eventually sway them into they'll start acting with the mob even if it's sort of against their moral beliefs i mean like everyone in that room is like a two (laughs) (laughs) but i'd be interested in like looking into that actually in some game senses even though you you wonder where the line gets drawn between game and personal, but like if you're Sam and you're in that room and you're in the majority, yeah, are you gonna throw that all away in that moment? That's that's the thing that's going through your head. And we were actually kind of defending Mickey until we found out some headlines, which we'll get to later, of like he had to stay quiet because it was like it was a game lie. Mm-hmm. Like this was all kind of spawning from his game lie but like it didn't seem like he was dancing on her grave quite as exactly much. oh yeah no i agree it, is it worth us discussing some of the live feed stuff like it actually yeah yeah let, let's just let's get out of put the it all in this moment yeah um so you know as if we weren't already like skeptical enough of jack and mickey and even nick a little bit um turns out like we say we're not a live feed podcast, but we're becoming more of a live feed podcast because you can't ignore some of this stuff. Right. Um, and people just tweet things like that. Yeah. And, and it get, it gets back to the casting thing. So I don't think he probably found this, but it, it was it came to his attention. Um, Evil Dick from the past seasons tweeted something a few days back, basically showing like a screenshot of an arrest record for 
uh, Mickey for domestic assault of some sort. Now, I don't want to get into speculating on what he did or I don't even know if, if he ended up getting convicted or anything like that. But especially in the current context of like where we are as like a country and a society right now, that can't that doesn't fly. It it doesn't it doesn't and it should not get ignored to the extent it used to. And the casting director, I think her name is Robin Cass. They need to be more aware of this stuff um, because it just sort of puts a sour taste in your mouth. And we can talk about how, yeah, you know, I kind of haven't hated Jackson's game without having like that awful taste in my mouth. Exactly. I can't like this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you would think that someone who has a history, even whether it's substantiated or not, uh, of something like that, just wouldn't be allowed in the house because you don't want to take the risk of there ever being uh, any sort of violence in the Big Brother house. I think specifically that crime even if it's like just smoke and nothing was ever proven it's like okay you're in the domestic assault section like we're not going to put you in a house with all these people where you could possibly be a hothead it's yeah like the type of thing where fine whatever even though it's like still not good is is if it was like oh he had a dwi right oh yeah no no but like any crime of violence whether Again, whether you're convicted or not, it's just why would you take the risk of anyone, you know, coming to harm in the house? Absolutely. Um, We also have some instances of our bromance, um, you know, making some really off color, like rude comments. People, we've seen a little bit that of that in the edits that make it to the TV. Although I think they try to, you know, make those as clean as possible because it doesn't behoove them to have America hate every single house guest because then every Big Brother podcast is having this conversation, and that's a problem. Um, but there is a clip of them both saying the N-word, which, you know, not okay in any regard. I just don't understand how these people, one, get through the casting process and mm. have no understanding of what is and is not okay in just the context of a social setting. Like, just because you're living in a house does not mean you're on your own. Like, they don't understand life is. They don't understand right. that, like, this stuff is not okay. If I ever go through the casting process, I was actually thinking this earlier before I even knew that that was a thing that happened. It's like, I know you have to make an intro video for yourself, and I think that's the first thing they go off of. My, like, number one fact about myself would be, like, I don't say the N-word. Like, <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. It's not coming out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, and then there was also stuff with Nick, right? Yeah, this one, strangely, it might be the most disturbing one. Oh, yeah, I think this yes. one's disgusting. Um, So, in this, a lot of these, like, you hear, like, mumblings, and you're like, is that actually what he said? Or You know what I mean? Yeah. This one was loud and clear. Um, So, I don't remember everyone who was in the con- conversation, but it was a lot of the members of uh, Grateful. They're outside in the hammock, and they're talking about Kemi in some context, and obviously they don't like her. Um, I think I think she was gone at this point, but I'm not po- from the game, but I'm not positive. And Nick said, and I'm paraphrasing here. Um, I like I can't stand her, bro. Honestly, I just like want to spit on her. Like I am so done with her. I want to like literally just like disrespect her, spit between her eyes, and just like I can't stand her. And then I think it was maybe Jack off, and I like he was lifting weights, or whatever. He's like, whoa. He's like, dude, seriously, I just like want to spit on her. Like, I can't stand her. And it's Ugh. like, whoa, who, who are I these think, people? I think Nick is just so clearly so sleazy and 
I I want to insult some of these people so so badly, but like this is a relatively clean podcast. Well, you know what the difference between you and these people is? You understand you can't. Yeah. And that <laughs> is the difference. Discretion is everything. But you know what we can say about him? Dude tried to model his look after friggin' Mac Miller. <laughs> Looks like the Dollar General Mac Miller. <laughs> he's, he's not winning any goodwill from us because we all love Mac Miller. Right, exactly. Um, so let's sort of segue into, first, I just want to make a point. Nicole did handle herself pretty well uh, in the face of all this. Um, she tried to defend herself, struggled a little bit because of the mob sort of ganging up against her, but ultimately uh, just said, Bella, you're the problem. That was Fuck awesome. you. That was awesome. <laughs> and good night. And that was, I thought, actually a really, um, I don't I don't know how to say it. It was just a really eloquent way of getting out of that situation. To some extent, with what we've just learned, she gave a little too much credit to everyone else in that grouping. Because she like specifically said towards Nick, like, honestly, Nick, I have no problem with you. Everyone knows that Bella's the Did, problem. You know right. what they didn't show? What? Um, you know how I think it was two episodes ago, might have been the Sunday episode. Um, they were connecting, and he was saying, "Oh, I'm not going to put you up." And they were talking about how, like, "Oh yeah, we both have anxiety." Like he said something like anxiety buddies or whatever. So they must have connected on that level. Part of that conversation that they cut from the show, and this is a mental health counselor, by the way. He starts attacking her, and it was basically like, "I don't even know if your anxiety is real. You're like weaponizing it to try and like." Use it as a game move against me. But my anxiety is real. And I don't even know if your anxiety is real. <laughs> what? And it was you, you can look it up. It's like, it's crazy. The guy is insane. Yeah. Um. And getting back to what you guys said, Nicole handled herself so well in this in that she just acted like an adult and had what we just talked about, had a little bit of discretion. Mm -hmm. Like there's no sense in getting down in the mud with these people because they're just going to bring it down with more experience. You know what I mean? This was the one thing... I was wondering while watching Wednesdays, which I've actually, I don't think I've ever seen anyone do this in an argument of Big Brother, but I think it would get more people on their toes, or maybe it just wouldn't. I don't know. Just saying something along the lines of like, I hope you realize the real jury is watching this, and you're yeah. going to find out how you look after this. Jury being God. <laughs> 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 who do you talk to at night um no but um yeah no you're absolutely right and it happens every season and i can't substantiate any of this but there's always rumors about like oh this person lost their jobs because of something they did on the show season 15 was like the big season for this yeah um i did see something that seemed like kind of not that uh verifiable that nick may have lost his job it's always tough to sort of parse out if that's because they took a three-month hiatus or if it's because it happened like based on something they said or did but uh it's just something worth considering like your life doesn't stop because you go in here and you still have to adhere to the norms of society guess he's gonna have to sell his crotch rocket <laughs> <laughs> all right so in the ashes of grateful and this terrible terrible moment a new alliance was formed like a phoenix undeniable undeniable and all i can say is they are undeniably problematic <laughs> Ding. <laughs> um, so basically it's grateful plus sam yeah <laughs> what could there be a better uh example of right place right time 
Like, he, like, has been in the right place at the right time with that group at every point. One, he's shown he can win POVs. Two, he um, has somehow gotten in the HOH's ear every week and started like being like, hey, what if you put up this guy? <laughs> and it's worked a couple times. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. I like uh, his game. It seemed like he was close with Nick and Bella. Yeah. Which is a part of his game I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, and that spells some trouble for him later on. Right. Um, let's get into the POV competition. The return of an all-time great Caitlin. And all I've got to say, guys, sup, Caitlin. She was looking good. Yeah? <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> Uh, she looked, she looked fine. Um, I'm surprised to hear that from you, though. <laughs> I was surprised too. The, that moment that they were spoofing is one of the best moments in the history of our podcast. It was incredible. <laughs> the fact that they decided to expand upon one of the both funniest or most funny and <laughs> tragic <laughs> and yes, tragic moments in Big Brother history. I loved it. Um, no, no, was, no, 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 no. <laughs> this was so necessary after what we just watched. I only took a deep breath and actually laughed because it was like, man, we just watched that pressure cooker for the last 25 minutes. And she actually rolled with it better than Casey and Tyler did. Tyler was just like, there's some frogs in my pool and it's super messy, so I need you to clean it up. But then he didn't say anything. Yeah. And Casey just said, let's go once. Let's and- go. <laughs> I don't know how they should be doing it because it's not like these people are like actually performers. But like they really have to find a way to showcase the return house guests like they did with Caitlin. Here. Like Mr. Pectacular. He puts yeah. on a show. Well. Yeah, you are right. She did a great job of leaning into all the things we were making fun of her for, which I'll give her a lot of credit for. Um, but what I'll say to that is the people who will show up later in the season are going to get so much more shine because there's less people that are taking up time on the broadcast. I just really hope, like, I know he was on the Love Island thing, but I just hope they're saving Brett. Yeah, you know what? If if they brought him in with Kat, oh, incredible. my God. Do you that think would be there's so good. any chance that they would pull any sort of shenanigans and bring in either old or different house guests as like some sort of weird twist based on how bad things have gone so far? I'm not sure if you could actually pull that off impromptu unless like, well, you know, actually maybe Rachel's available. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and they would have to do it like now. It would have to happen very soon. Yeah, they'd have to. I don't think they'll do it, but it's an well, idea. they would have to already have the wheels turning on that. I mean, these people live for this stuff. I think you could get someone like Brett <laughs> or Rachel out there in a week. People forget that Rachel was basically the number two in the house for a couple weeks there. She <laughs> was. Oh my god, she was so strong. <laughs> okay, so she was a uh, whose house is it anyway, darling? For she <laughs> for was, a couple yeah. weeks. Um. All right. So in this comp. Cat one, all time moment. I love Cat. She's my favorite house guest right now. I wish I could fill out an application to be her friend. I thought you were gonna say you wish you could date her. I mean that too, but <laughs> <laughs> um, first Caitlyn, then Cat. <laughs> my my favorite house guest right now is Sam, just because he mixes personality and like game. But like Cat is the most entertaining by far. Yeah, um, I love how she said. Yeah, so I came into the house thinking I'd be really good at competitions, but I've like really not been, so I just wanted to win. <laughs> She's self-aware about herself, but has no idea what's going on around her. It's really funny. Right, and it almost works for her. 
Yeah. Because everyone's now just forgotten about her. The Alliance of One. What what'd she call it? Uh, party of one. Party of one. It's an all all girls alliance. All you girls had alliance. you had texted us a tweet about that a while ago. Yes, and it was even better in person. <laughs> uh, her her planning brunch was hilarious. Yes, um, and then her going to knock on the door after the bullying incident, pretty funny. Cat fan club here on uh, podcast Abita. Yeah, who isn't a fan? I mean, she's like a breath of fresh air. Holly's in this house. not a fan. Holly is not a fan. Holly's a stick in the mud. Yeah, I agree. Oh, <laughs> Maybe um, Luke P got the better end of that. Yeah. It's not a bachelor pod, Terrence. Sorry. Um all right, so let's move on to Christy, who let's just say the block got a little hot for her and she wasn't on the block. <laughs> oh god. This was like a really bizarre moment where Christy just had a complete breakdown and convinced herself that she was about to get back door for the out of time, nowhere for the second time in three weeks she had a breakdown yeah like this is not okay like every time anything gets remotely contentious or like potentially dicey for just like she's not able to even is she plummets it. she plummets yeah. like i feel immediately <laughs> i feel bad for her because like it's it's probably like an actual like issue she deals with and but it's just like totally killing her game I almost wonder if this is just because she has that power where it makes people panic thinking if I don't use it I'm an idiot. Well, it, it is the the panic power. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there, there's that. Zing. <laughs> well, no, it, Zing. it was. Um, but uh we're calling it the fellowship of the thing. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, guys. <laughs> taquitos <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh um i'm sorry were you saying I, I lost it but it, it wasn't as good as cliff impressions <laughs> all right so we didn't really know what cat was going to do with the pov especially with Catherine basically having Christy. a meltdown christy i can't christy i am having a real problem christy with had christy. the meltdown <laughs> christy there having... is no Catherine. there is a cat and there is a christy. no cat is Catherine. <laughs> no i know but like for purposes of your brain there's no who is kaiser soze um cat used the power of veto on jess and nicole got put up no surprise there can we make a quick comment on how dumb jess is game wise she <laughs> she is my no i can't say that definitively i wanted her to go this week just because she was already on the block and it's like you know what we're not missing out on anything twice if just goes i don't mind her personally no she's fine she's a nice girl whatever twice fine fine nice girl whatever twice in two weeks on the block she gets a house guest choice for pov and she picks the person from the alliance that is trying to get her out to quote unquote play the veto for her unbelievable and in this moment I mean, she was saying, oh, Nicole's got too much bad juju. You've been put on the block by this alliance twice. What the hell? Do you think they like you? To be with getting you off the block, there's nothing to do with that. Well, and not only that, they want they want you gone in the relatively near future. Maybe not this week, so but they keep matter? putting you up. Here's my other complaint on the casting, actually. And now this was a huge episode for Cliff. So I guess this, this, maniacs. this point takes a hit. <laughs> But, like, our parents always harp on they need to get more old people, like it works in celebrity, yada, yada, yada. It does work in celebrity. It does. 
but why is it for the normal seasons they like cast old people that they don't even have the brain to play the game they have just no clue what's even going on around them <laughs> um, yes <laughs> yeah well the fact that they they do kind of bring dunces in there is tough um but I think that it is an overall issue with the casting that we've alluded to multiple times. If you are in some sort of minority group within the house, whether it be racial, whether it be um, age-wise, if you don't have one to three people that have some sort of commonality with you, you kind of are at a disadvantage no matter what. And when we get to the evictions and we talk about Julie's interview with them, it kind of gets at why David was so upset. It's like, what chance and he got just a raw deal in general but like the odds are kind of stacked against the people who are not the young hot white i mean to be and, frank people and, who the whole show is centered around and you look at someone like evil dick an older guy who was successful in the house he had a connection in yes. the house who and, was young and right in every other older person who's gotten far it's been by pure happenstance it's mm. It's we're waiting to get rid of this. But person. okay, but and he wasn't as old, so it doesn't hurt him socially necessarily. But like an old person should come in with the mindset of Derek. Derek he, won the game with his head. But Derek is Sam. I agree with that. But when they're casting, they shouldn't be I'm sorry, Cliff, they shouldn't be looking for the old guy that has like a ton of kids and goes fishing a lot now. It should be like a law professor who's going through a midlife crisis. Well, oh, the, that'd be sick. I just <laughs> he like bought himself Yeezys because he just got divorced. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be perfect. The point I was gonna make about something like that. I think the reason it doesn't happen is because the people who get to a point where they have a career like that wouldn't take the risk of going on Big Brother. I'm sure there's a young lot people are more, more willing to. There's a lot more competent people applying for Big Brother than we could ever imagine. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I had a point to make and I'm blanking on it. <laughs> so Story now you don't have <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. So let's transition into tonight's episode Thursday. Nick starts out by telling Cliff that he's safe, but little did he know there was some workings going on in the background of the house led by Christy. Yeah, and Cl- and Cliff's glad to hear that because it means he doesn't have the campaign against his friend Nicole, right? So he's not putting up any active right campaign this day. So after apologizing to Nick and Bella and saying, you know, she shouldn't have overreacted, she shouldn't have had a meltdown, and she should trust them, Christy then immediately goes and starts rallying people like Holly, uh, Annalise, Sis. <laughs> um, I don't get that. And uh, the remainder of... Jack, uh, Mickey, Tommy. Undeniable. Basically grateful, though. No, no, no. These, well, the remainder. No, but it's not the remainder because it left out Sam. Right, that's what I'm saying. The remainder would be a good math joke. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. The remainder <laughs> of grateful, but technically it's not grateful anymore, so it's undeniable. Okay. We're in. We're we're caught up in the alliance names right now. All right, get us back on. <laughs> what about the seven, eight, nineables? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um started rallying to vote out Cliff because they felt that Nicole could be a number for them, even though they just bullied her. And Cliff is a threat. He wants to target the couples. Right. We heard him talking about it. You hear about the fellowship of the Zing? He talked about it. 
out loud They're in the middle of the house. Big Brother house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ovi, he's in that alliance. <laughs> um, <laughs> Half the alliance is in Camp Comeback. <laughs> it, was this before or after Christy sort of apologized to Nick and Bella for freaking after out? After this was after. This is after? Yeah. Uh, did we talk about that? Her, her apologizing? Yeah, he mentioned and, it in that whole okay. run around there. <laughs> I was deep, deep. In butt first, right there. Okay, but but she <laughs> but she did basically tell Nick and Bella, hey, here's my diamond power veto. Um, that totally right. does not like work with. Oh, now we're trying then to target them. <laughs> like she, oh god. The people in this alliance, they just have no. There's no one, rudder. I need one mastermind, just one. I know. Oh. Um, and in this moment. A new alliance was formed. We knew this was coming. An alliance within the alliance within the alliance, apparently. Six shooters. Talking about guns, guys. Six people. We got Holly, Annalise, Christy, Mickey, <laughs> Jack, <laughs> and Tommy Bracco. Tommy Bracco. And how many people is that again? Six. That explains the name. <laughs> <laughs> um these guys, like, literally, they just think in terms of guns. Every analogy they make... Gotta take is, some souls. Yeah, everything, everything's related to violence or guns. This alliance is the biggest Second Amendment alliance in Big Brother history. I think it might say something about the situation they go on, have going on downstairs, and maybe they're trying to make up or something, but that's purely <laughs> speculation. Um, they probably ride motorcycles, too. I'm out... Well, we know Nick does, but he wasn't included. I'm <laughs> out on any alliance name that includes the number. Get it out of here. <laughs> Some sort of Bill Maher, new rules. <laughs> oh, it just got so bad. <laughs> Get it out of here. He's <laughs> from New York, like Tony Brock. <laughs> You're going to get that out of here. <laughs> oh, my God. That was a wild moment. <laughs> Anything else to say about that? It's such a shame that the Black Widows didn't like become a thing because that's a good nickname. That was a good nickname, and but you know what is a good uh, alliance name with a number? Party of One. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there are exceptions. Four Horsemen was good for its time. Yep. Well, but, but that was like season three. Good they for were its time. That's what I'm saying. I know. Um, but just like God, these people have no personality. <laughs> How did Annalise get cast? She gave that CBS file. They should have just said, like, we got to move on. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. I have no idea. Okay. Um, be called sis. And that's really all we got out of this episode. We go into the live eviction, and it turns out they were successful. Cliff got evicted. Camp comeback. Battle back. Let's go, baby. David's time to shine. He's coming back into the house. He's ready to go. He's been reading the house. He's been forming bonds, maybe even a showmance. Question mark. Staring competitions. Staring competitions. Turns out Cliff's coming right back in, baby. Flash the money symbol. (laughs) Our favorite Aggie comes back. I'm surprised he didn't discount double check. I know. After getting evicted 6-4 in a total surprise turn, he's back with his friend Nicole. And the fellowship of the Zing lives on. Zing. Except and for Ovi. <laughs> he was never really a part of it officially. Just an uncomparable flex when he won, the way he celebrated with the sort of like Johnny Menzel money symbol and something else. And it got me thinking, I was actually thinking last night when Cat won, if I won a power veto, 
I would hit the hardest whip and like dab <laughs> something so, so stupid but like no one ever does that stuff um is there like did he do like uh like finger guns well let's would, pull would up he be a t- natural addition <laughs> to, to six shooters is there a gun that has like seven in the name um no seven. all i can think of is a 38 special i can only think of the movie the magnificent seven which i've never seen there's thank, guns in that, I'm assuming. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'm going to pull up the tape here on what he did. Okay, now, while you do that, what are you doing? I don't need that long. The tape. <laughs> yeah, he got cocky For all there. you cliffomaniacs out there, that's one, two, three, four, five, it looks, six. It looks like he basically patted the outside of his chest. No, you know what he did? He pretended to rip his jersey up, but really quickly. Oh, that, that's freaking sick. Okay. He's Cam, he's Cam Newton and Johnny Manziel rolled into one yes. hog. Now, yes. <laughs> as good as this one moment was, I'm really bummed that David didn't get back in. Yes. He was our hope for the season. He was our hope of one person coming in and trying and maybe being able to take down some of those members of Grateful or Six or whatever the hell they are. Um, but honestly, when you think about it in your heart of hearts, you know for a fact that this moment was better than anything David was going to do. Right. This is just so funny. I just like thinking from the perspective of, like, one, I loved the little moments they gave him. Like, I, he became one of my favorite house guests like and he was guy. never even in the game. Right. Two, I just hate everyone so much. I just had a dream of, like, he comes in with a cape and, like, he's a superhero and takes down the big bats pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I let's see what his comic book looks like when they do that competition later in the season. We'll see what that would have looked like. Yeah, I really hope it's gonna be some camp hope comeback good. thing. Yeah, I hope it. They like take Loka. it. They take it straight from something I just said here, and then we find out that the show listens to podcast Vita. Oh, listen to this. I'm not happy. About they this. listen. No, <laughs> there is a podcast out there that's totally on our corner. Why? Big Brother Brothers. Oh, I saw that. What? I did see that. They just started the season. Um, I, I think we should probably send a season to assist. <laughs> uh, we have a lawyer. It's not in our name. We're actually going to cut this. We can't promote them. No. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not promoting no, them. No, no, no. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. saying don't. No. It's not in our name, though. You know? Yeah. Well, whatever. Well, okay. if you looked at their points for like the one one of the last episodes, it was literally like our rundown. <laughs> so, well. <laughs> they do like a whose house is it anyway? crazy don't get many ideas here Terrence. tv guide is does not they should have asked us to do the freaking podcast yeah well but then again they're getting like interviews with former house guests so yeah but we we like being the gorilla journalists of big brother <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> all right that wraps up hashtag but first let's get into finally something that we've only had one of this season goodbye messages Alas, poor David. I knew him, Podcast of Vito. A fellow of infinite jest, of most excellent fancy. He hath borne me on his back a thousand times, and now, how abhorred in my imagination it is, my gorge rises at it. Ovi, my man, I'm so sorry to see you leave the Big Brother house. 
If only you could have been more like Obi-Wan Kenobi and forced those balls down the ramp before Cliff. I thought you'd be more like Ovi Trice, but you had no game and whack gimmicks. Anyway, bro, I can't wait to live a Vita Loco with you outside the house where you can crush some OV Blue at a UT frat party. Until then, Ovita's in. Hey, Kemi, it's Jonathan Bennett from Celebrity Big Brother Season 2. And I was rooting for you to stay in this game because you said you were a mean girl. Did you know that I was in the movie Mean Girls with Dina Lohan's daughter, Lindsay? All right, so let's get into Love and Showmance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we got our first um, instance of the L word between uh, our our lovely bows, Bella and Nick. And all I can say is things are like literally moving so fast between me and Nick. <laughs> I love how that happened right after they were talking about how, honestly, like our alliance members are like so great and they would like never do anything like against us they wouldn't put us up or vote us out or like whatever i love you i could like <laughs> then the next day everything blows up i could like totally read in their faces <laughs> uh huge huge moment of validation for nicole at at this eviction i can't imagine what's going on in the house right now oh my gosh you know i wish nicole was like a little bit stronger of a player in terms of what she can do in the game so that this could actually turn into something I think she's a great girl and probably it has like a really good personality and actually is is seeing the game well and was even smart enough to realize that like she took ownership over I shouldn't have said anything to Bella because duh this was gonna like blow up mm. um but unfortunately like what's it what is it gonna matter yeah but yeah so uh Nick told Bella he loves her <laughs> yeah no I I have I nothing so positive much. to say on these two uh, I wonder where they'll love their love will get them when they're both unemployed after this I love you as much as I hate Kemi you want to swap spit well we've already oh <laughs> we've already we've already talked about how uh in big in some when you walk into the big brother house you immediately love everyone like we saw Jack's awkward not just awkward, creepy mansplain moment where he kept oh. telling Kemi how much he loves and respects her. But please do not put your blender bottle in the fridge. <laughs> As he's beating a hole through the freaking countertop. Unbelievable <laughs> moment there. I mean, that was menacing. Well, you he is so transparent and like scary in that every interaction he starts with is like, I love you. You're the best. And then he like rips into him. <laughs> As he's like punching holes in the wall. Yeah. We didn't even talk about his moment with Ovi. Uh, well, we well, talked about oh, how yeah, we did. him like the hell. Yeah, we did. But the, the moment in the uh, the room. <laughs> the storage room. Oh, yeah. That was so disrespectful. And I was hoping for more from Ovi in that moment. Like he came in. He heard them talking shit. It's like, go go in there strong, dude. Well, and... Yeah, he's a timid guy to be exactly with. I feel bad for him. Credit to Ovi, he knows when to stand up. He just doesn't know what to say. Yeah. Um so that was love and showmats. <laughs> just like a, a really wild hot love between two awesome people. <laughs> that was a pretty good Nick impression. Thanks. <laughs> that wasn't. Working on it. <laughs> right, Working on it, like finding a new job. I just really <laughs> I'm trying to oh, I can't do it. He's gonna end up on the gate he in the show. 
<laughs> like <laughs> not getting hired and then getting kicked in the balls by Gaten Maserato. <laughs> like, honestly, my emotional intelligence is like through the roof. That's going to happen now because that's going to be a fake show where they're all That'd actors. Now, Terrence, you had the cadence before. You needed it to be more nasally. You went more nasally in that impression, but you lost the cadence. I'll work on it. There's a... I agree. There's a register to his voice that we might just not be able to hit. Yeah. We're not Jersey enough. No, but sadly. it's it's this weird sort of hollow high pitch. Yeah. I think the only one we've gotten down so far is Cliff. Cliff. Um, I mean, Tommy Brocco again is easy. <laughs> I can I've been like I think I flirting. have a Nicole one I was gonna say I've been waiting. flirting with a Nicole impression stay tuned folks <laughs> um all right let's get into whose house is it anyway our power ranking segment of the show and boy has it been a tough season to rank the house this is a weekly metric in which we decide who the four best house guests are let's get yes. right into it <laughs> I'm going to start with me. Right All after right. I pull You didn't up my even notes. have your list. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, I have Christy. Pretty much everyone on my Ooh. list is begrudging. <laughs> she has a power. Oh, yeah. She has yeah, a man. very strong power. She's very high up in Six Shooter, which it seems like they're now the new power player, power alliance in the house, whether we like them or not. They're in control for the most part. We don't know who wins HOH, but she's got a power. She's in an alliance of power, and no one seems to be talking yet about how sketchy she acts and how um, how she overreacts to things and gets overly paranoid in a way that shows that she doesn't fully trust them. So right now, I mean, I kind of think she is in the top four, even though I don't yeah. think she's a good player. One of the things that everyone seems to be missing is that I think a lot of her paranoia comes from the fact that she is so actively involved in like these other schemes against other people so she's thinking like oh these types of things must also be working against me so that's interesting i think all right i'll go next my number four is cliff because his swagger level (laughs) his swagger level is through the roof right now and his camp comeback win was one of the most decisive victories Maybe in Big Brother history. Did he miss a ball? I really don't think he did. I don't think he did either. He might have dropped one or two at the very, very beginning. And only Ovi got one, I believe. I think so, yeah. yeah. And then everyone started panicking. I That's not as bad as uh, the lost episode, but... Yeah, know. I acknowledged it already. Bella, she's nowhere near my list anymore. <laughs> yeah, of course not. Um, All right, so my number four... Is and upon further reflection, maybe I would have included Chrissy because of the power, but at the same time, I think she's going to torpedo her game sooner rather than later. Weekly um, metric, <laughs> yes. Um, Sam, um, now he's on the wrong side of the split of um, the nineable or whatever the hell it is, um, and he's not not in the six shooters, but nineable. He is. <laughs> he is um, very capable. I want to believe, based on some of the interactions we saw with um, Kemi and David and Ovi, that he has. He, he obviously they like him, but like he's smart enough to realize that he needs to like get some people together on the other side of the house, and he hopefully doesn't try to ride the coattails of his former alliance. Um, but I basically have him here because I think it's he's like Ovi Wan Kenobi. He's our only hope. 
there's no other person who could theoretically take down anyone in that alliance of six. Now, I know you made a joke there, and I completely spaced out, so I didn't know the context of it. <laughs> so I'm more laughing Obi-Wan at the fact Kenobi. that I knew that it happened. You're, our, you're my only hope. Okay. Leia, circa 1977. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Number three, I have Jack. I don't like Jack. I don't think he's playing a very good game. But he's part of Six Shooter. I have him third. He has a really good shot at winning HOH. But if he loses H, three is always a wild card spot where they could be bottom of the house in a week. If he doesn't win this HOH, I could see something happening where things turn sure. on him because people do not seem to like him. Yeah, I have him third. Um, similar idea, but until we see otherwise, he's going to just hold a spot in the upper echelon of the house. Right. My number three is Sam because he's a competitor. I like him a lot. He comes up with good rhymes, and he really committed to his uh, Santa outfit for eviction. <laughs> the look on his face when he realized he didn't know what was going on, and he was wearing a Santa outfit, <laughs> all-time moment. I was trying to think what meme he looked like, and I couldn't get to it, but like... It was basically a, the Mr. Krabs meme. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, all right, so number two, I have Sam. Um, basically because he seems to be the only one who can win competitions consistently and yet no one cares about him. Like no one cares about him in the sense that he doesn't have a lot of power in terms of an alliance, but it's almost like a benefit to him because they lump him in as though he's part of their alliance and never target him in any way. Um, the decent people in the house care about him and like him a lot as a person because he is a decent person. And then all the assholes are... Almost. Uh, so, how do you take it? Do you think them including him is an acknowledgement that he's a potential threat and like keep him closer than farther away, or do you think having him is almost like a convenience and they don't take him seriously at all and they're too stupid to see the threat that he poses? I think they just kind of like him and he's won competitions and hasn't done anything that's really messed them up much. It, yeah, it I think I think it's kind of a mixture of all of that. Where I don't think they do take him seriously as a threat, but when he started winning things, it was like, well, we might as well bring him on. If he could yeah. slide to the end, he would win jury. Oh yeah, no, he's in the best jury position of anybody so far. Right. Good points. Um, my number two is Nicole because her what her Owen sympathy ratings her sympathy ratings are through the roof right now she handled herself well in all of this and she told off bella so okay. there we go i don't think she's in a terrible spot which is weird because she was just in the worst spot you could be in but she doesn't have power well, yeah she's not she's not in a terrible spot like next week but let's like let's roll the yarn out a little bit it's like okay cliff or jessica's next then her so Let's like, just say it's not her house anyway. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. She's number two. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, number two, I have Mickey. Um, same, similar idea to Jack. Um, he is going to be in a high spot until someone does something about it. Um, he, I appreciate the fact that he's trying to make sort of sly game moves that have a little bit of strategy behind him instead of just a total like bulldozing effect that that whole alliance has seemed to employ. But, um, you know, and he's, he's gotten away with some stuff where like, it really wasn't smooth gameplay, you know, something that is part of winning and something that is part of going a long way. I remember last year 
we thought Tyler was incredible. He was, let's say, the mastermind of the season. And even he had moments where we're like, ah, it didn't play that great, but he skated by. And like right. that's part of like going far in the game. And right now, he's going to keep doing that until someone has the power to do something about it. And that's why we talked about Sam is like, Who's gonna do it? It's, yeah, it's got to be him, unless it's within the alliance, and it would at that point it would have to be Jack, maybe. Yeah, so Mickey's my number one. Um, he hasn't really done much, but he seems to be pretty much right at the head of Six Shooter. As you can see, there's sort of a common theme here. If you're a member of Six Shooter, you're probably gonna be in my uh, power ranking. But uh, no one has mentioned wanting to get him out. Even people who have problems with that side of the house, he doesn't seem to be the target. Um, everyone seems to like him. On he a was the level. target of David. David didn't make it back in. Right. Um, oh, and, yeah. Big threat clown for him. Yeah. And I still think he has a shot at winning competitions, although I'm a little bit suspicious that he's a guy who lifts a lot of weights but is not a good athlete. Ooh. He hasn't done well. Yeah. We've. We haven't seen him in much, Mark. but he doesn't look very... Our Buffalo boy. Mar- Mark, <laughs> Mark had his wasn't... moments towards the end. The worst oh, one... Yeah, did. yeah. I don't remember uh, his name. Remember Matt, Serial Boy? Well, yeah. I remember Serial Boy. It was Big Brother 15. He was, he was friends with controversial Spencer. Really w- ripped black guy. I don't remember his name. What? That's not, that does not ring a bell. But uh, he did nothing. He was like literally one of the largest human beings I've ever seen. Like he was like rock size. There's huh. in reality TV. There's usually one guy who looks like a bodybuilder but couldn't shoot a free yeah. throw to save their life. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um. All right. My <laughs> number one. Forty-two percent from the line. Ugh. But he's a great reality TV contestant. My number one is Cat. Because dude, you're she, you're making a mo- trash. She, a she trash got she got her her good veto win, and Brett was probably watching. So I want to reward her for that. You're trolling us. No, oh, okay. My troll of this I respect was, the sanctity of whose house is it anyway? No, I didn't want to talk about these horrible people anymore. I'm like, I, I don't, don't know like if you guys them. can tell. I'm like fired up this episode. I think I'm, we all are. I'm really <laughs> mad that I hate this cast as I much. Know. So I just wanted to shine a light on the people that I like right now. Still, it's about the sabermetrics, not. <laughs> yeah, well, if Kat makes it to the end, I, I think she has a good case for jury. Yes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so mine will be a surprise, I think, but I don't think it'll it'll um, be a threat to the sanctity of who's Disruptor. Um, Tommy. I think Tommy's in a very nice position. Not terrible. I the like that. The only thing working against him right now is that his closest ally is certifiable in <laughs> um, Christy. Um, Caitlin, too. Yeah, she really is. Um, she was saying things about, um, what was it, manifest? Was it manifestation? Yes. Uh, she basically, she read The Secret. <laughs> oh, man. Um, he's in a really nice position. Out of the entire six, I think he will be the last target of everyone else he gets along with literally everyone in the house from what i can tell good jury guy good jury guy um and what i'll be interested to see is you know you don't need to be a comp beast at the beginning you need to be a comp beast once it gets down to eight and maybe he can win some stuff when it comes down to there so this is a, a long play 
Um, he's not pushing the action in the house, but he's always on the right side of it. And that even is in the context of something like watching Nicole and Bella go at each other. And he somehow managed to be part of Grateful, but still ended up on sort of the right side of that. So I just came up with a new stamp, a podcast of Vito stamp, GJG, either good jury guy or good jury gal. I love it. Is that what you guys are laughing I looked ahead at the uh, the outline for the episode, and I noticed that the final point, the final point, oh, yeah. <laughs> is introduction. <laughs> there was some serious panic on my it's part. On me. I had to have Terrence mouth. Ryan Gomes was a good player, it. and I, you know, we drafted, or we took Karam Butler and Emeka Okafor. That's on me. <laughs> That's on me. They're not you bad. You want me to say, I fucked up. <laughs> All right. Any closing thoughts, guys? Uh I, I've said my piece. In the words of Cliff Hogg, later, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, and we will see you on Monday. See you later, Cliffomaniacs. Good night, house guests. <laughs>